The following is a Klabes Online production. Lunch with Klabes and Joe on ClabesOnline.com. And a good Monday afternoon to you. It's a uh, earlier start time than usual, but you are watching Lunch with Klabes and Joe here on ClabesOnline.com on our Facebook, our Twitter, and our YouTube page. Right now, I am Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Mike Clayboard. A weekend after you got to be part of the call for three Cardinal games. My oh, goodness. Man, I almost forgot how to get to the ballpark. It, it's been so long. And what a, what a fun way to start the weekend. Um, winning two in Chicago, uh, three. Blues playing last night. Big Monday night football announcement just uh, released not long ago. A lot of things to talk about. And here's the other thing we want to do today. And we talked about this last week. If you want to talk about something, our viewers, uh, why don't you just – what's the best way for them to get up and get? we can go into our email bag? So I know, well, on our email, they can send us an email, but if they comment on the Facebook feed, if you're on yeah. our Facebook page, on the Klabes Online Facebook page, I believe if you leave a comment there, I have access to put it up on the screen and show your question on the screen. So I think that's how it works. I think we've done that a couple times yeah, already, yeah. but nothing uh, nothing really regular with that. So if you leave something, I'm able to filter through and leave questions or put the questions up there on the screen. I'll take away the little logos that you see of our sponsors. They're Amron, Illinois, Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert, and of course, Munganass Alton Toyota, Munganass St. Louis Acura, and uh, Claves. About 10 minutes ago, we found out that next Monday, we will be in Alton, Illinois, doing this show from the Munganass Alton Toyota location. And I think there will be a third person with us there as our friend Polo Asensio is going to be in town and uh, seeing how Jamie's given him a forerunner to drive around town. He, he might as well go uh, drive yeah, out to bring it over to Jamie. Team. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> so so we don't even give away a car that day, I'm told. You know what? Again, these are things you, you know what? I'm the one that deals with Jamie directly and you keep throwing things out there that get me in trouble. So when well, you're I'm, out there and you're with Jamie and you're, uh, you're with him next Monday, you can throw that out there to it. Well, what I'm saying is we're going to give away a car at a great price. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. yeah we can, we, we we're going to mark one down. Not that we need to, because, uh, their prices are pretty good, but we'll have some fun with that and, uh, give away a car. Absolutely. We'll uh, we'll do that next Monday. Uh, but today, a lot to get to. As you mentioned, a uh, 4.05 start time. The Cardinals have a doubleheader today. 4.05 is the first game of the doubleheader. And then immediately after that, I, 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 before we get into the games and everything, this was your first experience doing, and if, well, it was all of our first experiences seeing the doubleheader, the seven inning doubleheaders. What was that like calling that and, and being a part of that? I love it. I think the baseball should implement more of them. Um, and I know we'll never get down to a seven inning game just for, you know, I, I think I'd like to see a seven inning getaway day game. Uh, I, I, it was quick. It was efficient. Uh, I thought the game was crisp as far as how it was played. Uh, and maybe that had a lot to do with the Cardinals, you know, anxious to get back. Uh, but I just thought it had a different feel to it. Uh, pitching was at a premium. Uh, it was I, it was a good way to do it, and I posed this question, and I posed it before. I think if if you're major league baseball, would you offer players more days off in exchange for 
doubleheaders, seven inning doubleheaders? The, the one thing that I think will make it hard moving forward is right now you have the luxury of these taxi squads. You, you have the guys that are with the team that are not part of the team. They're not even getting dressed and making their way to the field or even to the stadium. And in a regular season, in a regular 162-game season, you would have the minor leagues. So you wouldn't have four or five guys just traveling with the team ready only, to go. But you can only activate so many for the game anyway. So it would, that wouldn't change. But that it, I, I just it think that your weight, you wouldn't want to bring some of those guys with you because you'd rather have them down in Memphis well, but getting my, ready. But here's my point, though. You can only activate so many people for a game. So you wouldn't need a taxi squad. I mean, you would call up an extra pitcher because you had one extra pitcher you could use. And then when you're done, he's he's now, you know, you go back to your normal rotation of 26 players. So you're not you're not messing with the taxi squad. You're just calling up a pitcher that you would do anyway for a doubleheader. You would all you've already been able to do that. So it wouldn't change a taxi squad. It wouldn't change a roster. It wouldn't change anything. It, it would just be an extra doubleheader, a seven inning game. And um, I think it would be fun to do, especially on a getaway day. Maybe it's I, a Sunday. I do, do wonder. A, do a doubleheader on a Sunday, you've got an automatic Monday off. Uh, you tell me a player that wouldn't want to take that. As a fan, I don't want all my Mondays to have no baseball, though. So, Well, everybody's not going to do it. I mean, you're going to have right. games available. But, I mean, you if you do that once a month, maybe twice a month, you do it once at home and you do it once on the road. What are you losing? And so I know people would say, what about the fans? Well, you would have what I, you could call it dynamic pricing. You would give them a price in between because concession wise. And I know somebody I was talking to Frank Cusimano earlier. He said, well, you wouldn't be able to sell as much beer. Well, they cut off beer sales after the seventh inning anyway. So you're not losing on that end. What you're doing, you're getting a two day, two days of revenue in one when it comes to concessions. <sighs> I, I do wonder, and one of the things that I wonder with baseball moving forward, we are going to see the future of the NHL and the NBA. We're going to see those schedules shifted and moved from what we've been used to for the past 30-some years, 40 years beyond. I wonder how baseball is also going to shift how they or, or what changes they might make to their schedule because it looks like the NFL, they're staying put. They're going to go from Labor Day to the first weekend in February. They're locked in there. Is baseball going to make a change from April to the end of October? Are they? Can you, with the weather in in this country and the way that works, can you make any kind of changes to that? Where or hockey and basketball are able to make those changes? I think that, and and this even supports my seventh inning seven inning suggestion even more because of the the risky weather on the front end of the season, especially in the front end that's when you might be able to move the start to schedule later because you're going to have the double headers you can play with to make up dates. Uh, I, I don't know. I know this, and that's a good point you make about the being the other leagues being progressive. Baseball is going to have to figure something out too, uh, because I don't think the so-called tradition that they are so comfortable with is going to work because of the competition with the other sports. And they've got to figure out a way to keep their game fun. I think they need to figure out a way to keep it short and within reason, because one of the things that you always hear, man, these games last forever. 
And then you have the purists that say, well, it's baseball. It's, you know, it doesn't have a clock. And yeah, that's all good and well. But if you're trying to captivate a younger audience, then you better find something that's going to put them in a position where they're not going to be stuck in something for three and a half hours or, or longer when the Yankees and Red Sox play. It would be fun to see a neutral site World Series at, uh, but I just I cannot see the owners wanting to give up that revenue for that. I, I can't see. I mean, do you do you see? Would you see the Dewitts? The Cardinals are are a team that are in the postseason every year. Would the Dewitt family be willing to give up three or four games of World Series tickets to move it to a warm area? Well, I don't know. Um, they're gonna get revenue from it anyway. So does it make a difference if it's in St. Louis or somewhere else? Now, your point is one that I'm not saying move the, the, the World Series. I'm just thinking of different ideas to, oh, to okay. freshen up the I sport. Mean, yeah, I, I think it works. I mean, I, I haven't heard an owner from the NFL complain about where the Super Bowl is because, they're move, you know, they're losing money. They're losing revenue on one game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, over a course of what? First of all, all the revenue for the first four games goes to the players. Owners don't make any money until after game four. So I'm not sure if it's that big of a deal. Now, now if you're talking about a community, I'm sure downtown would say, wait a minute. You know, we get three games here in St. Louis. You know, we we can make a little money off of this, the hotels and restaurants and things of that nature. But I I think from an ownership standpoint, I'm not sure if it's going to have that big of an impact especially when you're going to get shared the revenue from the gate at the neutral site facility anyway. Yeah. Uh, another thing you were talking about, the Cardinals were talking about ideas for making money and uh, they have just announced today a cardboard nation, not Cardinal nation. It's cardboard nation. The Cardinals sent out a press release earlier today where fans can buy their own likeness. They can buy the, the cardboard cutout to put into the stands Seventy dollars for the uh, for the cardboard cutout. They list everything at cardinals.com on how to go about doing that. Proceeds for the cardboard cutouts are uh, from the fundraiser benefit Cardinal Care. So you are you're uh, sending that money to a good cause for to put your uh, cardboard cutout. Do you have one in there right now? Because I yeah. know they. Sh- I, I was I, I saw the cats there. I yeah, I think I do. I haven't seen it. I mean, I, I, I told, I gave them pictures. They said, we need a couple of pictures. So I had one of just me and I had one of my dog and myself. I was going to ask if you had one of the dog. I, yeah. I figured that you'd have one of the dog yeah, in there. So, so, you know, cause you know, we have pets at the pooches at the park night at the ballpark. So I figured I'd take the dog. Yeah. So that's uh yeah they're they're doing that right now they're selling those uh, available at cardinals.com for that. So let's talk about the games this weekend. It was a big weekend for debuts. I counted what seven different Cardinals made their debut or six different Cardinals made their major league debuts this week. You have Dylan Carlson, Max Schrock, Jake Woodford, uh John Nagowski, Seth Elledge and then unfortunately Roel Ramirez yeah. made his uh debut which many people want to forget, but I don't know if he ever will. He will. I mean, you know what? Um, he was one pitch away from being out of that whole mess. He got squeezed on a pitch uh, and he didn't recover. It's part of pitching. It's part of the game. And I know some people, why they take him out? Well, because we can't afford to see a team burn up a bullpen in that situation with as many double headers are on the schedule. 
and it's a learning situation for him too. He's got to learn how to pitch out of trouble. And obviously it was a learning uh, experiment that didn't work on his behalf, but I'm sure he'll be a better pitcher for it the next time he goes out. I mean, uh, if anybody thinks that was rough, anybody remember Mike Myers' first outing against the Dodgers on Sunday night? Yeah. Grant, that might have been as brutal as anything I've ever seen. Does it a grand slam to the fourth hitter? The fourth batter of the game hit a grand slam, right? Yeah, yeah. At least Ramirez got it over quick. They were all solo home runs after the first one. I mean, boom, boom. He just well, it's a four pitches, and he was done. So uh, it, it was unfortunate, but I thought overall it, it's a real tribute to the coaching staff uh, in Memphis. Uh, they get those kids ready to play, and they were all able to make a contribution. And uh, let's see what happens uh, here in the near future because they're going to get some chances. There's no question about that. And uh, it was nice to see them get started off on the right foot. Yeah, Seth Elledge came in after Royal Ramirez and pitched two and a third inning, had five strikeouts in his debut. That's a big boy, too, Seth Elledge. I, what they list him at, I think it's 6'3", 230. He's a lot bigger than that in person. Hey, they're all big. Um, Nagowski looks like he could play defensive tackle somewhere. Um, uh, that's just the nature of the game today. But you know, you talk about Elledge. I think I haven't seen a small pitcher. I guess the last guy that I thought was small compared to the rest of them would be a guy like Luke Weaver, Mike Leak, who are you know diminutive compared to some yeah. of the talks we see now. Kaminsky, Rob Kaminsky isn't that big of a guy. No, no, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you're yeah, right. He's another, but uh, yeah, a guy like Mike Leak was just, yeah, he was really uh, a smaller, smaller guy. But no, the Cardinals, that they they make them. I mean, that you walk through that locker room and every one of those pitchers looks to be about 6'4", 6 6'5". 6 mm -hmm. I mean, every one of them is coming off that Adam Wainwright, Michael Waka, that, you know, how for how tall they are in that uh, organization. So today uh, we get to see I guess this is the second time that we'll get to see this season, but the first time as a starter, KK starts for the uh, for the Cardinals at the four o'clock game. Do you have any idea who's pitching or who's starting for that no, seven o'clock game? Uh, yet? That won't be determined until after the first game. Mike Schilt likes to sit on that one a little bit, so we won't know until how the first game rolls out. So we get to see KK in his natural role of being a starting pitcher today uh, and I, I can't imagine being the seven inning game and being the second time we've seen him he's going to be on a short leash they're not going to give him that many pitches to work with but we will get to see how he performs in a starter role as opposed to coming out of the bullpen yeah um you know you're right he, he's more accustomed to being a starter um I think if you get four innings out of him maybe five you can get him to five why not uh, but they want to be careful about how they stretch these guys out. Um, and, and I understand that. But fortunately, we, we've seen guys that appear to be in pretty good shape. But I think, Joe, one of the big concerns that we will have, and we've seen some other teams that have had pitchers go down. Rick Lehman brought that up early in the game. He said, hey, be careful of your pitchers because there are going to be some guys going down. Cardinals, they've had everything else happen to them. That hasn't struck yet with the exception of losing Miles Michaelis. So you're right, a short leash, but I think an effective leash is where we're going to see KK work today. Yeah, Brebbia's injury came. That was something from that spring, spring training. training. Yeah, yeah, that never that never took off afterwards. So that's a uh, that's a different story 
with with John Brebbia. We did get to see Dylan Carlson. Haven't not haven't seen the lineups come out yet today. When they do come out, uh, Polo and I will be recording our "What's in the Cards" our quick little pregame show that we uh, that we do before each game. So when we do get those lineups, we'll see those. Uh, so not sure yet if Dylan Carlson will be in the starting lineup today again for the Cardinals. We did see him, though, on Saturday and Sunday get three starts at all three different outfield positions. So they're, they're going to have – Dylan Carlson's going to play. He's going to be in that lineup. And with the names – with having a guy like DeYoung, with him being knocked out right now due to being on the COVID injured list – you're going it opens up some opportunities to use the four outfielders that they have now and use them in the uh the DH role and kind of move them around a bit and give Dylan Carlson those at bats that a lot of us are hoping that we see out of him. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're gonna see him move around. Um, you know, you're you have the luxury of the DH where you'll see O'Neill be in that spot a lot. Uh, he and Carpenter seems like they're going to flip flop that a little bit, but I think you'll see Carlson probably play all three positions, uh, especially with the double headers. Just like you only see Dex play one game today, and Carlson may get two, uh, because we don't really have anybody else to to look at beyond Fowler, O'Neill, Bader, and Carlson right now, as far as yeah. outfielders are concerned. So those four are going to get a bulk of the work. Yeah, so with Austin Dean and with uh, with Lane, Lane Thomas, Thomas yeah. being on that IL. By the way, uh, Polo did a, did say yesterday on the What's in the Cards, he he had the news that Yachty has been cleared for baseball activities. So good if you uh, if you missed that on yesterday's quick show with Polo, that was what he uh, that's what he announced. So hopefully that means Yachty will be uh, will be back soon. But Andrew Kitzner at that uh, the you know they when given the opportunity, he has shown that he. Uh, he has a role on this team. He's, he's just done a nice job behind the plate, uh, threw out a couple of runners. Also, it seems like he's more comfortable in handling pitchers. Uh, he's a good athlete, too. So, And you know, we know he can swing the bat a little bit. So there's an area where the Cardinals aren't hurting between Yachty, Weeders, Kisner. Uh, they're in pretty good shape in that situation. So I don't expect to see Yachty before Thursday when the Cardinals come back. Uh, to have him go up to Chicago in this situation. Hey, you got a couple more days, get in the cage, get some swings, and be ready to go because you're going to call, you're going to be behind the plate for the rest of the season, big boy. Well, around Major League Baseball, as I as I look at the schedule of things going on right now, we saw the, the Pirates and the Reds, their series got postponed this past weekend, and I have not seen the latest as to what they are doing with both those teams. The outbreak, or I guess the positive test, happened with the Cincinnati ball club, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. They had one player uh, that tested positive, and I think now they're just trying to continue to testing to see if somebody else is positive. And so far, so good. They haven't had any more positive tests, to my knowledge, uh, going into today. So um, they may be cleared to, to go play tomorrow, I believe, because they tested on Friday or was it Saturday. So you have Sunday, Monday, tomorrow. So they'd be available to probably play when they come to St. Louis on Thursday. That's yeah, that's the hope right now. The, the Cardinals do not need to lose any any more games on the schedule. Yeah. And if something like that were to happen. It'd be uh, it'd be interesting to see what MLB does because that's the last thing you need as a team that had to take two weeks off have to miss a game because of another team's misfortune 
right now. But the Reds are the least of the problems when it comes to Ohio baseball teams because the Indians are an absolute mess mm. with what's going on there. Mike Clevenger, Zach Plesak have both been designated for assignment at the moment. They're with the uh, they're with the minor league club after it was revealed first that Plesak was out partying in Chicago. And Mike Clevenger, it was revealed a few days later, was with him. The team held a vote saying they don't want them with the with the team anymore. They, they were so upset with the players' behavior. They didn't want them anymore. You got to think you also have Terry Francona, the manager of that team, has some heart problems. And Carl, is it Carras- yeah, Carlos Carrasco, one of the other pitchers for that team, uh, battled leukemia last year and is back pitching in the majors this year. So he's a high risk guy that's still with the club. And the reports came out this morning that Oliver Perez said that he would opt out if those two were allowed back in the locker room. So it's a bit of a dysfunctional bunch there in Cleveland. And, and you know what? I don't blame the players one bit. Uh, I'm talking about the team. You know, they, 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 they lied to him. They were not forthright. They, they, you, you can't trust, you know, I don't want to play with a guy I can't trust. Okay, if because if he can lie about that, how do I know he's given the effort that we need in order to win? Um, and I really believe if they, those two guys weren't very good pitchers, or at least uh, Clevenger's re- very good, Plesak's finding his way. But if there was a way to move them, I, I think you would, uh, because I don't. I'm not sure if that clubhouse will ever be the same, according to what we're hearing now. Uh, I know Jeff Passman's been all over this story. I really have to be guarded here and not necessarily buy all in on what's because that sounds like a better story than guys saying their piece and moving on. And we see that a lot in the in the method of how we cover events. Now, we're always looking for the friction element. Maybe they say their piece, blank you, blank you. All right, let's get it. Turn the page and move forward. And you may have a guy say, look, I'm not comfortable with this. And I would imagine veteran players would probably be more uncomfortable with it because, as I just mentioned, the trust factor was violated. You know, they lied to the they lied to their teammates. They lied to management on who was out and where. So this probably won't be over anytime soon. Uh, but this is a new day. I mean, as far as how this thing works. And I, I think that th- this virus has created this issue. Uh, but I think not being honest with your teammates, that's a no-no, man. It's uh, There's six weeks left in the season. I think it's very easy to just say, you know what, you you, you go away for those six weeks. We'll, we'll see how things go this offseason and revisit if we want you part of the ball club or uh, or not after that. So that's the uh, that, that's the only way I can see it going for the uh, for the time being. Before we move away from the baseball, just re- want to remind everybody that we have this day in Cardinal history each and every day available on clabesonline.com that's powered by Amron Illinois, driven by Munganas St. Louis Acura. Mike Claiborne and the Commissioner Hummel uh, will talk about a great moment, uh, well, some not so great uh, moments in Cardinal <laughs> history that <laughs> that happened uh, throughout the decades of great Cardinal baseball. As I know, there are a uh, there's a few audio uh, versions coming up, and I believe Willie McGee rejoins us this week. Uh, this week for one of those two, Willie McGee uh, deciding that he wanted to opt out for the for the season this past week. So uh, we will not uh, see Willie McGee again, hopefully until spring training of uh, of next year. Did you talk to him at all about what weighed in yeah. on that decision? Yeah, we had him on a pregame show yesterday. Okay. And it was just a, a, a health decision where, you know, he wanted to make sure he could take care of his family. And 
uh, contracting the virus and obviously having maybe some pre-existing conditions was not the combination he felt comfortable with. Um, and it was a tough decision. I mean, he really put some time and thought into it, but I personally think it was the right thing for him because if your heart's not in it, then you, you should probably be where your heart is. And that's being with his family, making sure they're going to be fine. Hey, we'll take a short break. Jimmy, what are you doing? Hey, Danny, I'm celebrating. Baseball's back and mortgage rates are in the twos. That means you have to go to Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Too quick of a trigger finger there, but I was about That's to say right. we were going to go to a break, but hey, it happened anyway, and I wanted to uh, do that before we moved on to uh, to Blues Talk. Ryan Kelly, Amron, Illinois, and Munganass, all of our sponsors here of the lunch show with Klaibs and Joe. I did not stay up for the Blues game last night. I'm usually in bed by 9, and that was a 9.50 start time. Tonight's a 9.30 start time. Game five has also been announced as a 9.30 start time. But I know I woke up and I saw you tweeting about it, so I know you stayed up for the whole game. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I don't miss I don't miss hockey at this time. Well, I, I would say I don't miss hockey at this time of the year. I don't miss hockey when it has <laughs> something to do when it's important like this. And uh, it was a fun game for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I, I was really surprised in, in a way that, you know, Barubi uh, didn't play Tarasenko. And, you know, Steen, for whatever reason, is out of the lineup. I don't know if he's dealing with another injury or not, but it was a very entertaining game. Uh, Jake Allen was pretty good. He gave up a, a softy on the short side. That's a no-no. But overall, I thought he was solid. I thought Justin Falk played the best game of, of his Blues career last night. And Marco Scandella has really turned out to be a very good addition for the St. Louis Blues, uh, him on the fence as well. So, it was a good night. Um, the fourth line created a little energy last night. Uh, so we'll see what happens tonight and see what what adjustments, if any, Craig Berube decides to make. Yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter right now, and I'm trying to see if there has been anything mentioned about who the starting goalie is for, uh, too early. for tonight. But, yeah, it's going to be too way early. too early for anything like that. So they, uh, they went with Jake Allen last night. They got the win. But – Jake Allen played almost four periods of hockey last night. Do you go so, back to him? Why not? That's See, I, 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 you know, here's what I have a problem with, with today. They act like guys can't play more than 60 minutes or back-to-back nights. What the hell did that come from? I mean, you know, Grant Fuhrer played, what, 78 games in a season. Played every game in the playoffs until he got hurt. And there have been other players who have done it. I mean, we're lucky we have two goalies, okay? What do you think they're thinking in Boston right now when their guy walked off on them? And they're down, they're down to uh, Yaroslav Halak, who is a very good goaltender, but they've got nothing behind him. Halak's in no matter what. So for us to feel, oh, I don't know if we can go back, why not? Hell, some of these guys are better on the second night. Yeah, that's – I. I, I... I would go. I would go with Jake Allen tonight. I go with the guy that won you the game just the other night. You stay with that hot hand. You know that Benning. You know what Bennington's capable of in the postseason. You'll come back to him. Absolutely. As long as you, even if you win tonight, you can go with Bennington in Game Five. If you mm -hmm. if you win tonight and go back to the guy that won you the Cup last year, there's nothing wrong with going with Jake Allen again this evening. As long as you think he can he can go, and it it, it was just one overtime. It wasn't it wasn't five overtimes. Yeah. It was just one overtime. And I, I also think too, you could get a good sense pretty early on if if Allen has the legs to go tonight too. You you can make that call early if needed. 
I'm not, that's my least concern. You know what I'm more concerned about is the power play. I'm more concerned about some other people other, other than David Perron scoring. And uh, I'm worried about the Blues playing the body a little bit more. You know, Shin was playing the body well last night, as did Falk. But you know what? This Vancouver team has never been in this situation before. This is where the Blues experience should come into play. And once they start to knock around a few people, and you got to start putting a body on Quinn Hughes, okay? He's a very good player, but he's a very small player. And when you dump the puck in, you got to lay something on him, man, because at that point it takes a steam out of what he's able to do. And now he's got to be paying attention and not getting hit and also trying to make plays at the same time. So um, I, I'm more concerned about those elements compared to Jake Allen. Yeah. Hey, we did not uh, – we haven't mentioned this yet, but wanted to go through it. People missed it last week. By the way, we had 15 different posts last week on ClabesOnline.com. So 15 different interviews, features, videos, what have you, 15 different things last week. So something for everybody last week on ClabesOnline.com. We were just uh, – we were – wheeling out that content day after day after day. And one of the things that uh, that we had last week was your video interview with Sir Soccer, Bill McDermott, as the uh, MLS team here in St. Louis revealed their name, their colors, their logo, their crest, everything, and all of the merchandise online as uh, as well. Do you the, have a T-shirt yet? Do you have any merchandise yet? I have. I'm waiting for it to be out in the stores, whenever that might be. I I did. I went up to the uh, to the local academy store last uh, last week. They don't have anything out there just yet, but when they do, I'll I'll definitely get a T-shirt. I'm, I'll, I'm gonna I'll swing by to see if Danny Mac. Uh, he he he's Mister Soccer. Bill McDermott is Sir Soccer. I'm gonna see if McLaughlin's got a hookup on some of this stuff. You mean those cars that they were driving around town all week? None of them stopped at the uh, the Claiborne residence and dropped no, off one of those no, bags. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't get one. I no, figured. I, I figured that would have been one of the first stops. I'm, I'm low on the totem pole on this soccer thing, man. They, they I couldn't even get them to return a phone call last week. So I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm low on the totem pole. <laughs> We'll we'll get you that the scarf, the T-shirt. They haven't released. I don't, the, uh, I don't need the scarf. Just give me a T-shirt and give me how, a. Give me the uh, thing I could put on my sport jacket, a little breast emblem, breast pocket yeah. emblem. Yeah, I want to have that. So when Bill McDermott and I go over to Norwood Hills and sit in the men's bar or the bar, it's no longer the men's bar, uh, we can act like we're hot stuff. So I'll just get a scarf just to hang on the wall. That's I'll get the scarf for the wall, but I'll get the T-shirt to wear to the uh, to the games. I ain't or- hanging a scarf on the wall. I, you can go right ahead. I, 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 that's, that's fine. You, you have your stuff. I have my stuff. That's we're we're good. That's, yeah. with that. <laughs> hey, uh, the, we talked NHL and their bubble, the NBA. So I was so confused with how the NBA was doing this because with the NHL, it was simple. It was easy to figure out how they were going about. Okay. The blues, they're going to have the round Robin games. The other ones are going to have their best out of five. We're going to be good to go. Meanwhile, the NBA was doing things completely different where they were ending their season. They were playing games out to end the rest of their season. They were having some teams just kind of play warm-up games as they were figuring out the seeding. And it was confusing the hell out of me because the Suns are going 8-0. And now the Suns are told, okay, you guys can go home now. We don't need you guys are the hottest team playing right now in the bubble. Go away. You're done. You guys weren't good enough during the regular season. And then I'm looking at the schedule, what the Blazers and the Grizzlies. They had two games. They had a game scheduled Saturday and Sunday, but because the Blazers won on Saturday, the game Sunday didn't matter. They took it off the schedule. I was so confused with how that was going, but 
it now looks like we're down to 16 teams in the NBA bubble. Um, the NBA playoffs could be the most fascinating rounds of playoffs we've seen in a long time. Um, I think Portland can beat the Lakers in the first round. Uh, they got they got the best backcourt in the Western Conference right now. Uh, they're a hot team. They're already in playoff mode. Uh, they're going to be a handful, and Lakers better watch out. Uh, but, Damian Lillard's out there playing horse. Uh, he's out there just seeing where he can make shots from yeah. at different logos around the new court, and uh, he's making them. He's hitting everything. Everything in sight. I mean, and, you know, CJ McCollum is, is a pretty good player too. They're, they're not bad at all. Uh, and so I, I'm, I caution Laker fans, and I am one. They're going to have their hands full with this. I'm just saying they're going to have their hands full because the Lakers don't have any sort of answer at the guard play that can answer what Portland can put on the floor. See, you're a Lakers guy. I, I, uh, I'm a Bulls fan, so I got the best news out of any team in the NBA last week when they decided to finally fire Jim Boylan. So that was that was my postseason. Did you really run think right he was going to survive? Did you really think he was going to survive with, with were, all the changes they made upstairs? They took so long to do it. I was no getting hurry. worried. There was no hurry. I, I get that, and I get that there are, you know, there will be, they'll become coaches available as they get sent out of the bubble. I get that, but it was taking so long. I just figured that no. the GM was announced. Okay, the first thing we're doing, we're getting rid of him, and we can start our search. But the fact that he was employed all the way through August, it had me worried for a bit. Hey, I'm all for people keeping jobs. Okay. Through the pandemic, so uh, I I never thought Boylan was going to survive. And, I really and I think that the Bulls have to take a long look at what do they want to be in the future. They've got a few individual players that could be good players, but they got some guys that are at a crossroads in their career on what they're going to be typecast as. So I think obviously the next coaching hire will be an interesting one. And there's some names out there, but and then there's some retreads also. So I'm not sure what direction they're going to go, but I would just tell everybody, stay tuned. That's going to be an interesting hire. Back to the playoffs. I, I think that most years we've gone into the NBA playoffs, at least recently, you kind of knew which teams were going to end up in the finals. Or you might you you had you know two or three teams that you thought, these are the only teams that have a shot at winning this. But as you just mentioned, the fact that Portland, you think, can knock off the Lakers – but in the in the West, you you have the Lakers and you have the the Clippers at one two, and you have teams below them. I, I don't think you can count out Houston. For as small as Houston is, I mean, they can score. They can score points. I, I think they can knock off a team. And they're very undisciplined. Yeah, but I think I, that, in, that style will not work in the in the playoffs. In the East, between the the Bucks and you you have also um, who else in the East? No, the, the Bucks and then everybody else. I think the Bucks are, are head and shoulders above everybody else in the East. Uh, you know, we keep waiting on Boston to do something. They're not going to do anything. Philadelphia is done. Pacers? Miami, Pacers? Miami, yeah, no, I, I don't think the Pacers have enough. They've got a hot guy right now, but I don't think they have enough. Um, TJ Warren and Oladipo, they can carry you through through, through uh, two series. You, you two, need three. three. You need three guys to win. Well, you right now, three. Giannis is uh, he's suspended, what, one game? He yeah. got suspended for one for the headbutt. He's probably lucky it was only one game. But I, I do think that it's more that you had, do see some openings this year for uh, for the NBA to be a little more wide open than in previous mm -hmm. years. No, I, I agree. I think that the, the first two couple of rounds are going to be very good. Uh, and they'll be an upset somewhere along the way. 
Uh, but overall, I think the competition and the skill level in both conferences, I think that the gap is starting to narrow with regard to what the East can provide. You know, the East was about three or four teams deep and the other teams, you know, were under 500 or not very good. Uh, that gap is narrowed a little bit. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the A team is going to beat Milwaukee. But I think, uh, you know, the, the other seeds are certainly going to be in play because I don't think that Boston and Philadelphia are as good as they need to be in order to truly advance. So uh, the rest of your day, you are leaving this and you're heading down to the uh, down to Bush Stadium? Heading down to the ballpark. And uh, we got a really neat setup. And so it'll be John and Jim and Ricky. Michael Langston is our booth associate. And it's just us guys just sitting there taking in Cardinal baseball. We tr- we're trying to figure out what to eat this evening because, you know, the double headers, you know, you're there from, let's say, one o'clock until who knows, nine, nine are o'clock. You, are you having food delivered to you there? Or? Yeah, we, we will today. Yeah, we're going to have somebody run out and get something. We'll make a decision on what we're going to have. Okay. That's, uh, you see, just throw it out there during the broadcast and see what you can get uh, brought to you. See if you well, can work something uh, that we're way. We're willing to go get it. We, we'll send somebody <laughs> to go get it. We got some uh, time between games. So 415 is the first game today. And then if it's anything like Saturday, they got that second game started up right away. They, they yeah, didn't waste about much 45 time. minutes, if that much. Yeah, they didn't and, waste much time doing that. So tomorrow, and it should be noted too, before people get confused, the Cardinals are the home team for the second game correct. today. So mm-hmm. the first First game, the Cardinals are the away team. The second game, the Cardinals are playing a home game at Wrigley Field. So when you see when you see that on the scoreboard, don't be confused. Tomorrow's just a 7:15 start time, and then on Wednesday it's a 1:20 start time, followed by another game of a doubleheader where the Cardinals will be the home team for that as they're trying to make up as they uh, as they go along. So that's the uh, the way the schedule looks this week for the uh, the Cardinals. Five games. In Chicago, the last time they did a five-game series against the Cubs, it worked out pretty well for the Cardinals. Yes, the time before, it, the time it, before it, that did not. Yeah, you're right. I thought about that yesterday. Also, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I really, you know, every time I watch the Cubs, are at home. First of all, and they always play in Milwaukee, uh, so I don't know what they really are. And I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, they're a little thin on pitching, but we're going to have our hands full with uh, Kyle Hendricks uh, in the first game. Kyle uh, Hendricks that, pitches well against the uh, Cardinals. Yeah, yes, he does. And so that's going to be tough. But we'll see. You know what? We didn't know what we to expect uh, it, in, in, for the White Sox. And, you know, the Cardinals did okay. Hey, one other thing. As I mentioned at the beginning, did you see where they announced the Monday Night Football broadcast? I did game? not. I was going to ask you about that. I've missed that one. Um, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick. Okay. Yeah. I, I, like I, I, I had heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I don't know Brian Greasy that well. I know Steve Levy reasonably well. And I, and I know I've known Lewis Riddick since he played at Pitt. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good broadcast. I'm looking forward to it. And, and, you know, that, that title of being part of the Monday night crew was a very prestigious honor at one point. It kind of got off the tracks a few years ago and they've been in search of trying to find the ideal combination uh, but and also the Monday night game doesn't have the importance that it used to, where it was the only weeknight game. Now you have a Thursday game and you got a Sunday night game. Uh, but I'm, I'm anxious to see how this works. I hope they have a good schedule to do games with, um, you know, because I was off the fence. I, I didn't watch the NFL last couple of years. I, I, I was fed up with too many things and I'm not sure how much I'm going to watch this year. 
but I may give it a try only because I'm, I always like to see people have a chance to succeed, and, and hopefully these three will. And Brian Greasy, his dad called Monday Night Football game for a while, right? Did Bob Greasy no, call Monday Night College? Game? He was, was a he college, college only. Yeah. I thought I thought he did a year or two of Monday he Night may Game have, back but, in the you day. Know, they, they run so many people through there. Uh, I thought he was more college with Keith Jackson. Okay, uh, but you may be right. Um, I, I'd have to look that up to see if he was part of one of those broadcast mm-hmm. teams. But I, I more remember him for his college work. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll wrap things up for today. I know you have to get down to the ballpark. Whenever those lineups come out, I will have to uh, sit down with Polo and record something with him, and hopefully those come out soon in the next half hour or so as uh, our lunch show brought to you by Ameren, Illinois, the home loan expert Ryan Kelly and Munganass Alton Toyota, where we will be, we'll be next, next week. Monday. That's yep. what I was going to bring up, and we'll have Polo with us as well, and uh, we'll have a good time. We'll have Jamie uh, provide us with lunch too. We'll uh, we'll oh, ask Jamie to get us get some lunch early somewhere. Then. Yeah, yeah I'll don't worry. I'll talk to uh, J- hey. Whenever I used to do my Saturday radio show out there, Jamie was always prepared with lunch. Well, what's out there? So, what are you thinking? I mean, they got a there's a steak and shake over there. There's a few places over in that neck of the woods. So we'll think about that. There's yeah. There's there's some options. He has a good relationship with whoever the Chinese restaurant is out there. Uh, so I know he he had that delivered twice. Okay. For us, so we'll we'll talk to him. Group. We'll uh, we'll talk to him and we'll get that worked out for uh for that. Enjoy your games today. We'll be listening right. to you. Uh, who do you have on the pregame today? Uh, Ron Coomer. Uh, okay. Club broadcaster. We're gonna have him, and obviously the manager Mike Schilt. And uh, we only do one pregame show guest for these doubleheaders because of the turnaround. Um, so we'll have those two, and then we'll figure out the rest of the week as we go. Sounds good. He's Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. This has been Lunch with Claibs and Joe, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass Alton Toyota, and uh, well financed by-, by the home loan expert, Ryan Kelly. <laughs> He's Mike Claiborne. I'm Joe Roderick. We'll talk to you soon.